And really, I think that strengthens the student as a future dietitian. So they've connected with all these other students who have different lived experiences, cultures, perspectives. And it's also proven to be a great networking base for students to build off of. Welcome to the RD2B podcast. Each week, we sit down with a different registered dietitian nutritionist to showcase the diversity of opportunity in the dietetics profession. Our aim is to dismantle the notion that there is a traditional career path. I'm Carl Barnes, the registered dietitian behind the scenes of RD2B. And I am Jenna Warnock, the RD2B host. Our RD guests share their stories, career paths, and advice to help students like us succeed in the profession. Welcome back to another week of the RD2B podcast. I'm your registered dietitian host, Carl Barnes. This is our weekly podcast where we sit down with a different awesome registered dietitian to showcase the diversity of opportunity in the profession. Um, right now, we are currently going through a showcase of different dietetic internship programs and other unique programs, um, including future education model. Um, and on that note, we're really excited to be sitting down with Dr. Emily Boldrin today. She's a director with the dietetics focus at University of New England. Really excited to learn more about your guys' unique program, and thanks for being here. Thank you. And I'm Jenna, your RD2B. So Emily, can you first tell us how you acquired your position as the director of UNE's program? Yeah, sure. Um, I started working with UNE, the MSAN program, in about 2018. I was working with the director of the program, the general program, Dr. Ellie Dodge, and the previous program director for the dietetics focus, Dr. Angelina Maya. And we were working together to create courses for this new dietetics focused program under the ed uh, future education model. So we created the some of the coursework and I continued to teach classes once the program um, was up and running and continued to teach classes as my program or as my schedule would allow. And then in March, I joined as the director of the dietetics focus. Awesome. And so it sounds like um, even from the beginning, you were like working towards that future education model setup. And I'm sure now with the um, 2024 changes with the master's degree, that term has been floating around a lot more. And I'm sure a lot of RD2Bs have been hearing the term future education model. So given how much experience you have in the topic, could you just describe what a future education model is specifically for dietetics and how your program is a future education model? Yeah, absolutely. So if we summarize it very briefly, the future education model, you'll see it abbreviated as FEM. And sometimes it will also be referred to as GP or graduate program. So those are the same things. Um, and in the future education model, it's really a newer way um, to approach dietetics education. It is ASCEND accredited. It is ASCEND accredited just like a dietetic internship program, but it is very different in the way it approaches that education. This pathway focuses on competency-based education through really a learn-while-do model. And so what that looks like in our program is 
you take classes while you're completing your hours. So you get that hands-on experience right away. And this is very different from most programs where you take classes, you complete that, you know, for your undergraduate, and then you apply through that matching process and you get matched to an internship. We kind of combine that um, in a two-year program, but it's a master's level program. Um, and our program, since it is combined with that master's degree, it meets the requirements for that 2024 um, master's to sit for the RDN exam. Um, and Ascend added this requirement so future RDs will really have a strong research background and they'll be able to con actively contribute to the field in terms of scholarship. So I think it's important that we lay some groundwork here in terms of terminology. Um, so there is a little bit different terminology that the future education model uses. We don't refer to students as dietetic interns in this model. We refer to them as dietetic students. And then instead of internships or rotations, they're referred to as supervised experiential learning you'll also see that indicated as SEL for short. Um, and for conceptual purposes, as you're thinking about it, they are similar, but the change in language is purposeful. It is reflective of the different expectations of FEM students. And I think it's awesome that you kind of also um, explain the different terminology, like not only the differences in structure, but also like it reflects in how you address students, how you address those um, learning experiences and all of that. And so with the students, the dietetic students, how many uh, people typically apply in an application process? And then how many are typically accepted for your program? Yeah, so we're one of the largest ASCEND accredited FEM programs in the nation and can accept up to 80 students per academic year. We do have more than 80 prospective students apply each year, um, but we do have a high acceptance rate of about 87%. Um, it's important to note that the process from when a prospective student applies and then when they start their core program, that can take a little while. So for example, if students don't have a background in nutrition, they will need to spend time taking their prerequisite courses. So there are three, there's applied food innovation, applied nutritional biochemistry, and then applied anatomy and physiology. So these students, spend time taking those courses, and then all students need to spend time also finding and securing their preceptors. And this process of finding and securing preceptors, it can take a little while. We estimate about six to nine months, and that really depends on the student and then on their geographical location as well. And when it comes to them securing their uh, preceptors, um, do you see a lot of the students find them and research them as they're taking the classes? And when it comes to the timeline for prereq completion with those three, what's the typical timeline that it takes for them to complete those prereqs and along with securing the preceptors? 
Yeah, so students can work towards securing their um, preceptors while they're taking their prerequisites, and a lot do. Some students prefer maybe to get a jump on their preceptors and then start their prerequisites. It's really up to how the student wants to kind of schedule it, but those prerequisite courses are eight weeks long, um, and so we have two eight-week terms within a semester. So that would be three terms um, for those prerequisites. And then um, depending on some students also take a break between those prerequisites, but those can be done concurrently. So that six to nine months can include the prerequisite work. Awesome, and that's a great thing to also include with it being in eight week increments, biochemistry, anatomy, and physiology. It's definitely good to just like, keep in mind knowing the timeline and just all the things happening and for the students making sure to manage their time well during that um, time of finding those preceptors and taking those classes. And uh, given the application process for your program and how you compared it differently to the matching process for other dietetic internships and things like that, what do you guys use for your application? Is it different from DICAS? Is it a totally like different structure? How does your application process look? Yeah. Um, so we are on DICAS. Um, you can look our program up. We have all that information on there. But for the application piece um, and on DICAS, you'll see this. We refer you back to our website. Um, so you can apply through our website. It is free to apply, um, and whereas DICAS charges the prospective student to apply. Awesome. And that's another great benefit to the future education model is like kind of the cost effectiveness of becoming a registered dietitian. So it's great that you guys also have that free application piece. And um, with the audience of the people applying, do you see a specific theme of types of students applying or do you target a specific audience when it comes to advertising your program? Like what type of students do you see apply? I think this is one of the things that I love about our program is we have students really from all walk of life um, coming back and seeking their dietetics education, wanting to become an RDN. So we have anywhere from previous people that were high up in accounting to stay-at-home parents that are wanting to, you know, now become a registered dietitian. We have students from, they have just finished their bachelor's and they want to become a dietitian. So, you know, I, I think that's really one of the great models. And I think our online format really um, lends itself to really being accessible to so many um, different people. So we don't target a specific audience per se. So we accept students from any background um, if they meet our admission requirements. So that's a bachelor's degree. You don't have to have a bachelor's degree in nutrition to apply. Now, some future education models still require that nutrition background. Some still require a DPD verification statement. We do not. We really wanted to stay very close to the heart of the FEM. 
So our requirements are bachelor's degree, undergraduate GPA of 3.0, and then also a computer with internet connection since we're 100% online. So we, we, we have to have that. Um, so to matriculate into our program, students have to complete the prerequisite courses, which we've talked about, and then secure their preceptors for their first year. Um, so then they can start into our core program. Um, I also want to mention we also have students from all across the nation, not just from various backgrounds, but all across the nation. And also we have students in U.S. territories like Guam, Puerto Rico, the Mariana Islands. So we work with students and preceptors from very diverse backgrounds and experiences. And really, I think that strengthens the student as a future dietitian. So they've connected with all these other students who have different lived experiences, cultures, perspectives. And it's also proven to be a great networking base for students to build off of. Yeah, and I love how you included that, like not only different backgrounds, but also different like physical geographical backgrounds, because I think definitely one thing that the future education model really promotes is just diversity in every aspect that you can think of. And it's really awesome to see how your program reflects that. And so one thing that I did think of as you were talking about um, it being completely online with the prereq courses, those eight week classes, are they fully online as well? They are fully online um, as well. And I, I should mention also that our prerequisites are very implied in nature, which is maybe something that um, is different than other prerequisites. So for example, if we're studying anatomy and physiology, maybe we're studying the head and neck muscles for that unit. So we'll study that and then we'll have a case study that's very nutrition focused with a patient who has trouble swallowing. And so we're asking them to connect the dots between anatomy and physiology and nutrition. So it, it's really helpful for those students to see it through the nutrition lens. Yeah, and it sounds like you have that like critical thinking and application knowledge starting with not just the program, but also the prereqs. And so speaking of that application, like of knowledge piece, can you describe more in depth how your program divides the master courses with the um, supervised experiential learning? Yeah, so in our program, um, there's no division of the master's component and the supervised experiential learning. So what if, if you're looking at the plan of study, what you would see is you would see for um, one term, you would see a didactic course. And at the same time, the student would be taking a lab course. And that lab course is really a way to house those SEL hours, but they're doing that at the same time. And so we don't separate um, the, that master's from the SEL or the lab course because we're training students at that master's level. Um, so they need to take those courses also. So somebody with already a master's degree would also you know, have to take those didactic courses as well. We do have a separate master's level program and that is for people that don't want to become an RDN or maybe they're already an RDN 
and they just want to keep current with that 2024 requirement. Awesome. So you check the boxes for pretty much any situation any uh, nutrition or dietetics professional would want to be in, which is really awesome. And so with the supervised experiential learning experience, do they need any a certain number of hours before being accepted into the program? Yeah, so um, they can be accepted and then they start their prerequisites. And then to be to move into our core program, they have to have 400 hours um, of their first year SELs um, that UNE does not provide. So we do provide some hours in those lab courses in the first and second year, but the majority of the hours the student will need to locate. Um, and then our program administrators, which is myself, we have a dietetics clinical coordinator, we have a dietetics field coordinator. They work very closely with each student to help guide them in securing preceptors. Um, so students start um, when they are interested in the program, when they've applied, they get connected with our dietetics clinical coordinator and she helps them identify potential sites and potential preceptors. And it's all within the geographical location of their choice. And they're looking for sites in community, clinical and food service management. So once the student has about 10 to 15 identified, then they will be approved to um, start that outreach process. And then once a preceptor has agreed to work with them or expressed interest or just has questions, I invite the preceptor and the student to a Zoom call and we discuss you know, the preceptor's qualifications, their facility, what they can provide. And then we also talk about our program and just to make sure it's a good fit for them as well. Um, and if it is, then we start the paperwork to secure that legal agreement with the site. And then this is all attributing to the 400 hours of uh, supervised experiential learning before the actual start of the core courses in the labs that you guys offer. Exactly, exactly. Oh. Awesome. And uh, how far out in advance, uh, when it comes to the timeline of um, when they have these 400 hours and then whenever they start the core classes, what does the timeline look like for that? So, you know, to start, it really depends on the student. So when they're working on their prerequisites, they're working to secure those 400 hours. And, it, you know, we, we say about six to nine months that process happens. Um, and then they can start either in, once they've secured those hours, they can start either in fall, spring or summer. And then once they get into our core program courses, then they are starting to work on their second year sites. Um, and those are a little, um, you know, we don't require all of them by a certain date like we do for the first year. Um, and so they're a little bit more relaxed timeline. And what I found, and I think what students have found is once they are in a site, preceptors tend to really like the future education model um, and particularly how our program is set up because it's a lighter lift for the preceptors. We you know, average it out. It's only 15 hours a week 
for the student at the site. Um, so it's a lot lighter lift on the preceptor. So in that second year process, they're typically able to secure a preceptor much easier. They have connections. And so it, it's a lot less stressful for them. Yeah, and it's not only uh, like less stressful for the preceptors, but less stressful for uh, the dietetic student on the other end as well. And so that's just, you know, just kind of taking notes on just all the benefits of a future education model, that lighter, like lessens stress on both the preceptor side and the student side. That's a really great thing to mention as well. And so uh, kind of switching gears more towards pretty much everything that your program gives a student at the end of them completing everything. So they get that master's degree, that DPD verification statement, and that completed um, accreditation for the dietetic internship rotation aspect. And so um, one question that I do have when it comes to students applying to the program, say that they did a nutrition degree that was that does have a DPD Ascend accredited um, verification statement along with it. Does their plan of study change at all with the um, DPD uh, course aspect in your program or does it stay the same throughout? Yes, yeah, so great question, Jenna. So um, we end, you're right, we end with a master's degree, a DPD verification statement, and that 20, 1,214 um, completed um, supervised experiential learning hours, and that, of course, the ability to sit for that uh, CDR exam. So if a student comes into our program and they already have a verification statement, which some of our students do, um, we may be able to waive the prerequisite courses. Um, and that depends on if the statement is less than five years old, and then it will be determined on a case-by-case -case basis. So um, the director of the MSAN program, Dr. Dodge and myself will look at equivalency and things like that to see if we can waive that. And, um, but in terms of the plan of study, when they enter into their core program, that is not changed because we're preparing students at that master's level. Gotcha. And that's a really good distinction to have with um, the DPD verification statement and how it integrates into your program, but also being like, um, it's still master's level rigor and it can't, you know, like a DPD verification statement doesn't clear all of your courses that you're taking during the program. And so with us mentioning all of the little checklists that you get with completing the program in such a compact amount of time, uh, what advice or what resources do you give students for meeting all those competencies and kind of just staying on track with this fast pace kind of program? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think this is really the coolest part of our program and you know, the really the FEM model in general. So another distinction um, that we need to mention is when students go into their SEL sites, they're not being evaluated, particularly during their first year, they're not being evaluated at the same level as a dietetic intern. And that's one thing that we talk about in that preceptor call to make sure that preceptors are aware of those differences and how to evaluate the student. So when students go into their first year SELs, they're evaluated on a nose, shows, and does level. 
So those are basically different levels of competence. So let's say, for example, when the students go into their very first experience with their preceptor, they're going to be evaluated at that nose level. So that means they're working to acquire that basic foundational understanding of these concepts. To score at the very highest level of the nose, we're looking for the student to have an ability to have a conversation with their preceptor around that competency. So in other words, they're just displaying their knowledge around that competency. And we sit at that nose level competency for those first three courses, majority first three courses. And then during the second three courses, courses four to six, we transition from that nose to the shows. And the shows level is basically, okay, I now have that knowledge. Now I need to try to apply it, but you're still going to get support and guidance through that. So you're, you're working on trying to apply that knowledge. And then in general, it isn't really until year two that students are evaluated at that DAS level for the ability to do it independently. And so by the time the student gets to that second year, they've seen all these things, they've practiced all these different competencies, so they're able to perform at those DAS level expectations. So really it's a stacking or a building of skills and competencies throughout that two-year program, which is why students from a non-nutrition background really are able to succeed in this model. So while it's very different than the traditional DIs, the data from Ascend that I've seen shows it's really outperforming every other education model in terms of first-time pass rates on the exam. And this is really a testament to the continuous exposure to those skills and those competencies that dietitians really employ in their everyday activities. So because our program is set up for students to experience this throughout the two years, instead of waiting at the end, it's easier for the student to build these skills and competencies in a way that really prepares them for that RDN exam. I couldn't agree more. And also, I think it also um, makes the knowledge kind of stick a whole lot better because when you pair the learning, and this applies to any learning process, it doesn't just have to be a dietetic student, but it gives them that foundation in a new way of learning that makes them know how to learn something completely new, especially if they don't have a nutrition background apply it while they're learning it. And then again, you've seen with the statistics how it makes such a better pass on the first try with the RD exam. So I think that that's great, not only in getting a higher pass rate, but also just teaching the dietetic students how to learn in an actual like effective and long-term way. And um, with the students and whenever they're going through the process, it's great how you know you have it slowly building up over time. With the future education model, finances definitely could be a lot different than what a dietetic internship looks like and like a traditional dietetic internship looks like. And so with your dietetic students in this program, do you see them handle finances any differently or do you see um, them work during the program? Like how do you see uh, students typically handle finances? Yeah, so 
I think we have a little bit more flexibility in terms of students being able to work. Um, a lot of our students do hold part-time jobs um, during their, their program, their two-year program. And part of it is because, like I said, we're, you know, it averages out those SEL hours average out to only 15 hours a week. So they, they'll have to work with their preceptor, you know, of course the preceptor schedule comes first, but then the students can work around that and also their coursework. Um, our program is actually one of the most affordable um, FEM programs in the nation. 90% of our students are provided with some sort of financial aid to help. We've also had students that have applied for and received scholarships from diversity to attending FENCI, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and then since we don't require our students to relocate, those um, expenses are also mitigated. And I think that's a great additional aspect of what a future education model offers with that it has a distance option of, you know, saving money, not having to relocate, saves money on housing, commuting, gas, like the list completely goes on and also less hours you have to dedicate towards um, the supervised experiential learning, they're able to work around and save money and still like afford living while doing the program. And so the last question that we have for you is kind of just all encompassing and kind of to any of the RD2Bs listening, what advice would you give dietetic students that are currently looking into any sort of ascend accredited um, program, whether it be an FEM, a traditional dietetic internship or anything like that? Yeah, I think it really helps to know what you're looking for and to really consider realistically what will fit into your life and if the program will meet your needs. Um, and with the advent of that future education model, the options have really changed. So don't be scared of the FEM because it's new and it has new language. Um, it's a great model for a lot of students. Awesome. And that's a great note to end on, especially with us showcasing your program. So thank you so much, Emily, for joining us and just talking about really every awesome thing about a future education model. So again, just thank you so much for talking about your program. Thank you for having me.